Good morning. Welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We're a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning, and we welcome persons of all religions, ethnic and racial origins, sexual orientations, abilities, and circumstances. In the light of truth and the warmth of love, we gather to seek, to find, and to share. As we enter into worship, put away the pressures of the world that ask us to perform, to take up masks, to put on brave fronts. Silence that voice that asks you to be perfect. This is a community of compassion and welcoming. You do not have to do anything to earn the love contained within these walls. You do not have to be braver, smarter, stronger, better than you are in this moment to belong here with us. You only have to bring the gift of your body, no matter how able, your seeking mind, no matter how busy, your animal heart, no matter how broken. Bring all that you are and all that you love to this hour together. Let us worship together. These words are by Erica A. Hewitt. Now every week we come together and we do a lot of things together in the week and between Sundays. We scream at the Capitol. We pray together in, in uh, chalice circles. We... Uh, reflect in small groups, we uh, participate in book discussions, and we all bring our different perspectives. Some of us look at these, this world and these experiences we share through a Buddhist's eyes, and some look through a Christian's eyes, and some look through the eyes of one who is raised Jewish, and someone might look at the, the experience we share at as an atheist, and we wonder, how in the world, then, do we come here and create a religious community together if we come from these various perspectives and we answer them with our mission? We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Our reading today is an oldie but a goodie. I remember seeing this book. Oh, I grew up in you. Remember that. I remember seeing this book spread open with its spine all bent on the, the little lamp table by the couch in the living room. My mom was cooking, and I noticed the title, and I was about 11 or 12, and I remember snatching that, running back to my room, and closing the door, and I didn't come out till I'd finished it. <laughs> this is On Prayer from The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. Then a priestess said, Speak to us of prayer. And he answered, saying, You pray in your distress and in your need. Would that you might pray also in the fullness of your joy in your days of abundance. 
But for what is prayer but the expansion of yourself into the living ether? And if it is your comfort to pour your darkness into space, it is for your delight to pour forth the dawnings of your heart. And if you cannot but weep when your soul summons you to prayer, she should spur you again and yet again, though weeping, until you shall come laughing. When you pray, you rise to meet in the air those who are praying at that very hour and whom save in prayer you may not meet. Therefore, let your visit to that temple invisible be for naught but ecstasy and sweet communion. For if you should enter the temple for no other purpose than asking, you shall not receive. And if you should enter into it to humble yourself, you shall not be lifted. Or even if you should enter into it to beg for the good of others, you shall not be heard. It is enough that you enter the temple invisible. And now let's take a lesson from that and uh, try it ourselves. Let's enter into a spirit of prayer and meditation with one another. Spirit of life, God of many names, join us in this hour when we arrive with the hurries and concerns of our daily lives, work pressures, sick children, broken relationships, bills, grocery lists, calm our minds and give us peace. When our nation tells us liberty and justice for all, and it sounds more like the promise of fairy tales that they live happily ever after, strengthen our hearts and give us courage. When exhaustion or fatigue prevents us from doing the things we'd like to do, renew our bodies and give us energy. Bring us fully present into this time together with calm peace, strong courage, and renewed energy. Amen. One morning, during the height of our recent Great Recession, I was enjoying a bowl of cereal, watching the morning news, when I noticed a story that was being reported on morning television. The story was about a woman in Indianapolis who was robbed at gunpoint. She worked at a check-cashing business and was the only other person in the building at the time of the robbery. The surveillance video was amazing to watch. She got down on her knees and began to pray at gunpoint. And after a while, the would-be assailant joined her on his knees. He removed the single bullet from the gun and handed it to the clerk. He prayed with her 
and confided in her for 40 minutes before leaving the store with $20. He turned himself in shortly thereafter. The woman's interview revealed what went on during that time. She asked that her life be spared for the sake of her children and her spouse. But then she also prayed that this young man not ruin his life with such an act of crime. Weeping, she prayed that he realize his worth and choose another path in life. She prayed that he see that it wasn't too late for him to decide to do so. After joining her in prayer, he confessed that he had a two-year-old son to feed as well, had no household income for quite a long time, and in desperation to get some financial relief, made the bad decision to turn to crime. He assured her that he wouldn't hurt her, saying, Talk to me. No one will talk to me. I'm all alone. I have nobody. Prayer is powerful stuff. Prayer's been on my mind lately for a while, and remembering this story helped keep it there for a bit longer. So sometime after hearing this story, I was bemoaning on a Facebook post my frustrations at the time about learning how to drive standard when someone, another UU, left a comment that read, I would say I'll pray for you, but that wouldn't sound very UU of me. I heard this sentiment so many times before expressed by my fellow Unitarian Universalists, and I've often wondered what it means to pray myself. Is it really not very you-you of us? Realizing that my leg was too short to safely reach the clutch, I found a website that could custom fit a pedal extender for me. (laughs) When I received the hardware in the mail, enclosed with it was a small booklet entitled The Incredible Power of Prayer. You can't make this stuff up. (laughs) Incredible. Ever the dutiful skeptic, I chuckled to myself, looked at the picture of the grinning author on the back cover, and thought, incredible, huh? Well, you said it, not me. But before beginning my internship in my parish internship in in Pasadena, California, as many of you know, I served for 12 months as a chaplain intern at UCSF Medical Center in San Francisco, where I heard many patients and their families either swear by or swear off prayer. Not surprisingly, in times of sickness, I heard more of the former than the latter. I began to more fully recognize its usefulness in all of its many forms. In his novel, Creatures of Light and Darkness, Roger Zelazny gives the prayer of a character who is an agnostic chaplain, giving last rites to a dying man. Here's his prayer. Insofar as I may be heard by anything... It gets better. Which may or may not care what I have to say. I ask, if it matters, 
that you be forgiven for anything you may have done or failed to do which requires forgiveness. Conversely, if forgiveness but some, um, if not forgiveness, but something else may be required to ensure any possible benefit for which you may be eligible after the, <laughs> after the destruction of your body, I ask that this, whatever it may be, be granted or withheld, as the case may be, <laughs> in such a manner as to ensure your receiving said benefit." I ask this in my capacity as your elected intermediary between yourself and that which may or may not be yourself, but which may have an interest in the matter of your receiving as much as it is possible for you to receive of this thing, and which may in some way be influenced by this ceremony. Amen. I imagine that my prayers were similar when I began my chaplaincy internship, for real, (laughs) to better serve the needs of the patients. I soon began to become comfortable praying in the style of the religious language of the patient's tradition. I spent a good portion of my days praying aloud with the patients, but had no answer when asked by a supervisor, do you pray? I really did not know how to answer that one. I'd gone through seminary. I, I, I don't know. Do I pray? I hadn't made direct petitions of God or God-like things. Since childhood, but I'm learning that there's more to prayer than simply making requests of the divine. I'm beginning to figure out just what prayer can be in all of its possibilities and how I might add it more into my own spiritual practice. So the story of the clerk and the gunman reminds me that though it does build a relationship with the sacred, Prayer need not be about a person in the sky granting wishes, but can be a powerful conduit of compassion between people, a way of connecting people to their shared humanity. That connection through compassion in and of itself is miraculous. Petition prayers are often what we think of when we define prayer. Think about it. When we're stuck in traffic, God, please don't let me be late for work. But oftentimes, those who make petitions in prayer, as in the story of the woman and the gunman, are doing more than asking for favors. This form of prayer can state our hopes, and it can also state our individual and communal intentions. For example, at a social justice rally, may we continue to work for peace, an intention. Sometimes these prayers are simple yet from the heart, as in times of tragedy, and at other times, through poetic language, such prayers use metaphor and imagery to make petitions known. We pray petition prayers such as these every Sunday. Many times they come in the form of hymns, 
Many UU churches sing the hymn, Spirit of Life, each Sunday. And in this hymn, we ask the divine to move our hearts to compassion and inspire our hands to work toward creating justice. In fact, all of our hymns this morning are prayers set to music, which is often the case with hymns. When we sing them, we pray them communally. This is why there's the old joke about why you use can never sing together well, if at all. Some church, I've been to some church. But anyhow, we do a good job here. Um, <laughs> but the joke is that we're often reading ahead to see if we agree with the lyrics. And if we don't, we might change them to fit our own needs. UU ministers often also introduce prayer by asking the congregation, such as I did, to join in the spirit of prayer and meditation. Are they different from one another? I don't know. Figuring it out. Prayer need not contain words. Contemplative prayer or mysticism has roots in every major religion. The psalmist writes, Be still and know that I am God. When we sit in quiet contemplation, we can come to a deeper understanding and appreciation of ourselves, of each other, and the world around us. This can be prayer. We may use contemplative prayer to critically examine ourselves and connect with a deeper meaning and purpose in our lives. These are listening prayers, contemplation. Sit, listen for God to speak. As humans, we all share a spiritual need for this sense of meaning and purpose. Prayer can help meet this need. Another form of prayer is the prayer to express awe and wonder. This form of prayer may either be spoken or silent. Much of the Romantics' poetry reads as prayers of awe and wonder, as in William Wordsworth's, My Heart Leaps Up. He said, My heart leaps up when I behold a rainbow in the sky. So it was when my life began. So it is now I'm a man. So be it when I grow old or let me die. The child is the father of the man, and I wish my days to be bound each to each by natural piety. I played the cello in grade school, although not very well, and have always been a great fan of Mozart. I would love to listen to Mozart when I had a paper to write, and I would sit Right next to my speakers, these days, those days we had the big stand-up speakers, not the these or the little plug into your gizmo things. <laughs> Mid to late 90s. Um, I'd sit right next to my speakers. I could write better, of course, if the volume was booming. I like to think of Mozart and his heart-pounding symphonies as the punk rock of classical music. But sometimes I would find myself setting down my paper and pen. Didn't have a computer in every household back then. I'd set down my paper and pen and close my eyes 
and allow myself to be amazed at the subtleties of the soft flutes above me that would give way to an explosion of strings and timpani drums pounding from the ground up. I would experience something not unlike Wordsworth and his rainbows. I've heard these prayers referred to as praising God. I also call such prayers prayers of humility, as they serve to remind us that we're each but a small part of an enormously wondrous universe. The strange thing is that in doing so, they also remind us that we are each a part of an enormously wondrous universe. In other words, when we pray prayers of awe and wonder, prayers of humility, we gain an awareness of our interconnectedness. We're all here in this together, a part of the beauty A form of prayer that the revolutionary in all of us resonates with is the prayer of prophetic witness. These prayers serve to call attention to the stuff that most of us would rather not look at. Prayers of prophetic witness are often also known as prayers of lamentation due to the sorrow present to those living in or bearing witness to injustice. This ancient, ancient form of prayer is hauntingly relevant today. As this excerpt from the Jewish scripture, the book of Lamentations, could be describing so many scenes of violence and hunger in this world today. Listen to it. They cry to their mothers, Where is bread and wine? As they faint like the wounded in the streets of the city as their life is poured out on their mother's bosom. Another prayer is the prayer of thanksgiving. This form of prayer may actually extend your life. Well, at least that's the claim that's been made time and time again by several studies on the extended health benefits of gratitude, simple gratitude. Regardless of whether or not these studies offer any legitimate scientific merit, being thankful certainly doesn't hurt anyone. It's so easy to focus on the negative aspects of our lives, and in these hard times, it isn't difficult to remember the ways in which our lives could use improvement. The spiritual practice of being thankful enough to recognize it through prayer, to bring our awareness to it, is a viable means of retaining a spirit of hope and perseverance. As a child, I loved the simple nightly mealtime prayer of Thanksgiving used in the Madeline storybooks. Who remembers this? We love our bread, we love our butter, but most of all, we love each other. So I'm still asking myself this question today, years later, do I pray? Do I pray? I believe the answer is, yes, I'm learning how. 
I laughed when a talk show host once asked a little girl performing several backflips in a row on her show. She said, how did you ever learn to do all of that? The little girl responded, out of breath, practice. (laughs) The same goes for prayer. You've heard prayer referred to as a spiritual practice or a spiritual discipline. I'm learning that this is exactly what it is. It's tough. It's easy and it's tough. And sometimes feels funny. But prayer takes both regular practice and discipline. Prayer is intentional spiritual reflection. There it is. Prayer is intentional spiritual reflection. Whether planned or spontaneous, communal or solitary, prayer always has a beginning, an end, and a purpose. To many of us, it doesn't come naturally. I used to refrain from prayer because I became hung up on whether or not someone or something was receiving my prayer and would respond. Why waste time in taking the chance that there was no God listening, I thought. I've always been a bit pragmatic. Then I came to understand that this is unnecessary. This concern, psh, that the prayer itself was the response. Each form of prayer that I talked about today is reciprocal. They're about giving and receiving. In prayers of petition, we offer our hopes and we receive hope in return. In prayers of contemplation, we give away our haughtiness and receive love and connection. In prayers of wonder and awe, we give our praise and we receive beauty. In prayers of prophetic witness, we give our hearts and receive justice and solidarity. And in prayers of thanksgiving, we give our gratitude and we receive blessings. And so my prayer today is simply... I pray that we continue to find ourselves engaged in prayer and that in prayer, we continue to find ourselves, each other, our world, and our sacred truth. Amen. May it be so. I usually do my own benedictions, but I found these beautiful words by Laurelyn Bellamy. If here you have found freedom, take it with you into the world. If you've found comfort, go share it with others. If you have dreamed dreams, help one another that they may come true. If you have known love, give some back to a bruised and hurting world. Go in peace. This is a presentation of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, visit our website at www.austinuu.org.